Hey everybody, Jason here from the podcast that goes snicked. And I have a baby disclaimer. Um, no, not a baby-sized disclaimer. But a disclaimer about an actual baby, y'all. Um, one of the things we talk about a few times during this episode is our um, impending childbirth. And no sooner had we quit recording than the very next day... Um, we were proud to welcome little Oliver Paul Venable into this great big world. And, of course, we're super excited. But, um, you know, uh, we talked kind of a little bit about, about what it would mean to uh, the podcast, having a baby. Um, you know, might put a delay in some scheduling and stuff like that. And uh, one thing it's going to mean for this episode is that I'm not going to edit anything. <laughs> We've just barely been home, and honestly, I just don't have the, the time or energy to to do that on this one. Um, and probably what I'll do in the next few episodes is just keep them short, um, or shorter anyway, and try to get, get them out like that, so there's not as much to edit. But this one was actually kind of long, and I hope you won't let the lack of editing uh, steer you clear, because there's actually some really good content that Denise and I talk about. Um, so hopefully you'll enjoy it. Uh, basically, all it's going to mean is that there's going to be some more ums, maybe some awkward silences, maybe a few uh, lip smacks, because my lips get really dry, and I usually take those out uh, for your benefit. Um, and another thing that I kind of do is sometimes when we're, re- when we're recording, I notice that uh, sometimes I get talking real fast, and so sometimes I'll stop and repeat myself, and then when I edit, I'll take out the part that doesn't make any sense or is hard to hear. Uh, there may be a few of those in this episode as well. So I think, you know, long-time listeners won't really care. You'll be happy to share in our, our great news with the new baby and take it for what it is and still enjoy the show. I guess my news would be if you're a first-time listener, this is your first time, um, I'm not going to claim that... Uh, all our, our other episodes are the pinnacle of production value. I try to keep it pretty natural and organic sounding regardless, just like childbirth. Mm. Anyway, this episode will be even more so. It'll be completely a la naturel, and I hope you enjoy it, because like I said, there's still some really good stuff, particularly talking about Laura as Wolverine between the solo series and the story we get in all new X-Men. So I hope you hang out. And power through the alms and that, and whatever else I put in there or, or leave in there this time. So, all right. Well, without further ado or rambling, or exhausted baby brain, here is the episode. FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 168 of the podcast that goes snicked. We're your host, Jason and Denise Venable, and we're here to talk about everything Wolverine from February 2016. That had a nice rhythm, right? <laughs> I'm gonna... <laughs> Going, going to talk about Wolverine. 
Anyway, I'm going to apologize off the bat for this episode. Um, Denise is very pregnant. Yeah, let's and, emphasize very. <laughs> and I am very congested. Even more so than my usual congestion, which I pretty much have 24-7-365. But this is like actual like sick congestion. But anyway, that's not going to stop us from bringing you some snicked. Just me looking through the Braxton Hicks. Yeah. Talk right in that mic. Am I not loud enough? Hold on. Okay. Am I loud enough now? Yeah. I don't that's gonna be a bear. That's okay. Alright, well um I'm anyway, sorry. we're gonna hit all those comics for you. So let's just jump to it. Yeah, enough of this. Yeah. All right, here we go. All right, so first up, we're going to talk about our two main Wolverine-type characters. Of course, that's Wolverine herself and Old Man Logan. Um, So we'll start off with all-new Wolverine number five. This is... He doesn't do... I forgot he doesn't do, like, chapter titles. He doesn't? They're right there. Oh, you're looking for chapter titles. Yeah, but like a lot of times, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, um, this is written, issue five is written by Tom Taylor with art by David Lopez and David Navarro, colors by Nathan Fairbairn, and letters by VC's Corey Pettit, and production design by Manny Medeiros, and the cover is by Bingle. And on this cover, we have a, someone holding a magnifying glass over a newspaper. And inside the magnifying glass, we have Wolverine and the Wasp. We have a little like old school comic like title arrow pointing to them saying, Face the sting of the Wasp and the fury of the Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I like this cover. I'm assuming you don't. No. <laughs> Why don't... I mean... What does the creative director in me want to do to it? I don't know. First of all, I want to get rid of all new in a bubble. I hate bubbles. Okay. Well, that's classic comic for you. Yeah. I don't like it. No? I don't like the little arrow. I don't like the cheesy face the sting of the wasp. You don't like anything about this that is comic booky. All right. Got it. I like the... The imagery of Wasp and Wolverine under a magnifying glass. Yeah, it's really cool. I I think there should be a fly swatter in the background. (laughs) Help me. Help me. Um, Well, and I tried. Fly reference for you. And I tried to read, see if there was hidden meaning in the words behind them. No. I thought it'd be funny if it was, what is it? S M H. Shaking my head because <laughs> that would fit this cover. No, right. no, I really enjoyed it. I also really liked the fact that, and I don't know if he made this choice or not. I think he did because he's just credited with the cover just in general. Bingo is. Um, so I like the fact that cause we, he's been doing the, the covers so far for this series since number one. Mm-hmm. They've all been really good, and but this is the first time we've had kind of the halftone, and I'm. 
thinking that may be attributed to the fact that since he made a cover based around newspapers, that he kind of wanted to make it like old newsprint. Right. And so I really enjoyed kind of that subtle change, in, not necessarily in the art, but in the coloring um, to match kind of the theme of the cover. I thought that was really cool. It was okay. Okay. Well, I love this cover. Denise does not. No, sorry. That's fine. We've been Wait. we've been mostly disagreeing on this book since like issue three anyway. I, I think we yeah. should put a new disclaimer in front of our podcast. <laughs> Denise is super grumpy. Denise is super <laughs> pregnant and super grumpy. <laughs> so only take what she says with half a grain of salt. Okay. Well, remember, um, Wolverine is trying to save her, her clones. Last time they saw Doctor Strange, and he's like, well, I couldn't help you, but you know what? There's nanites in there, and them there girls, so let's send them to the PIM lab. And basically, Laura's idea is to steal the Ant-Man suit and go in and try to save her, her friends, her yep. clones. Um, but, of course, the WAF shows up and, like, there's a security breach. And um, we get some nice kind of banter between them. Um, they kind of, again, some more kind of comparisons to, like, oh, old Wolverine would have done this. Um, I will say, though, <laughs> I'm going to point it out now. Uh, and then I'm going to point it out as we go through the book, too. Okay. So this was the book of like bad music video faces. <laughs> <laughs> and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, well, I'm staring at them right now, particularly when Wasp was on the phone. So basically she's like, well, what are you doing here? And Wolverine's like, well, honestly, we're going to we're going to try to steal the Ant-Man suit. Right. And she's like, why didn't you even ask? And or why don't you just ask? And, she, and Wolverine's like, well, uh, Doctor Strange just kind of teleported us here. And so then Wasp calls Doctor Strange. I actually thought this bit was pretty funny. Um, and she calls Doctor Strange and Laura tries to interrupt. And Janet, like, gives her, the, like, talk the, the hand, kind of. Right, I'm busy. Yeah. And she says, it's Janet. Of course you're busy. You're always busy. I don't care what dimension you're protecting us from, Strange. You have my number. The next time you want to teleport desperate armed people onto my property, you call ahead. It may not sound very Sorcerer Supreme, but it's common courtesy, Stephen. And then she hangs up on him. <laughs> Deet. So she basically just calls to bitch Dr. Strange out. Um, I think they have very, bad that's relationship. Very well, that's just kind of wasp for you. She's kind of... Um, She's obviously not married, right? Rougher, well, she, she was. Yeah, was. Well, infamously, um, Henry Pym beat her. <laughs> so, oh. And, and a very, very kind of sore subject for comics fans. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so, so she agrees that, okay, well, I guess I'll help you. And then we go deep underground in a secure, secret bunker. And we get some dude with a goatee and a bald head. And he's talking to Captain Mooney. And we get more bad music video faces. (laughs) I didn't think that at all, but I'm looking at these faces and I just want to hear like 80s videos. Oh, yeah. I want to see, like, White Snake coming out of his mouth. Here I go again on my own. No, 
was that's white snake fascinating. <laughs> ow, ow! Don't make me laugh too hard. So basically, he says that uh, Moody failed. Um, so I guess he's the head of this here here thing. <laughs> What's so funny? Uh oh! Here we go again with the pregnancy laughs. Just the way you said that was fascinating. Oh, <laughs> that was that was a good few minutes ago. <laughs> Just hit me. I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well. This baby better come out happy. <laughs> Anyway, so this this Alchemex guy basically says that uh, Moody failed because he was not discreet. He was hired to take care of the clones and to do it without making a bunch of noise. And that um, armored vehicles shooting rockets in the the streets was not really avoiding um, attention. Yeah. So he basically says, well, you have one more. <laughs> I really I don't understand what his motivation is going to be now because he basically tells Mooney. Well, We're you get hide. to fix this, but either way, you're fired. Yeah. You so can if I was Mooney, I'd be like, oh, well, peace. Yeah, later. Deuces. Um, I guess his military pride got gets the best of him. So anyway, we see uh, Wolverine in an Ant-Man suit and Wasp in a Wasp suit. And they both get little bubble helmets. And uh, they're inside the syringe. And uh, in a w- common, typical Wolverine display of attitude, uh, Wolverine pops her claws just kind of while talking, <laughs> like to punctuate her point, which is a very Wolverine thing to do. So she's definitely uh, Logan's clone. The only thing I was a little iffy about, though, does this suit need to stay sealed or does it not matter? What do you mean? Like if the Ant-Man suit like breaks or rips, does she automatically grow up to like real size? Oh, good point. She popped her claws. Yeah, popped right through those gloves. So I don't know. I don't know if that matters or not. Um, but anyway, I thought this panel. Oh, I just realized the syringe went right through the eyeball. Gross. Yeah, that's. Ew. I tried to avoid coming to that conclusion. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, when they get injected into Zelda's face. Uh, that panel, actually that whole page is really cool. You see like the, the hollow end of the syringe and then you see like the red blood cells and you see Wasp and Wolverine like kind of floating through the the artery, right? Because if it's red, it's artery, right? I believe so. Veins are blue? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and basically Wasp says, all right, let's stick together. Um, if you get lost, you get stuck in here forever. And they've seen the nanites. Um, oh, they also talk about, interestingly, um, that they will be seen as like a foreign body as well. So not only are they going to have to fight the nanites, they're going to have to fight Zelda's like natural bodily defenses, like white blood cells and stuff like that, because they'll be seen as an infection. Which, wasn't there a Disney movie that also brought that to light as well? I don't remember. Maybe. Okay. Anyway, they see some nanites. They start fighting some nanites. Um, you know, Wolverine gets to use her claws. Wasp uses her little stinger thing she does. Um, and then conveniently enough, 
So they can't trace the Nanites, Alchemax that is, unless they get injured or like destroyed. Then they send like a repair beacon, I guess. Is that what they were trying to I say? I think that's here? what they were trying to say, but that's just stupid. Well, no, it's like, you know, when your internet crashes or a program on your computer crashes and it says, you want to make Microsoft aware of this issue or whatever. Yeah, but, okay, you would think that a huge government facility <laughs> would, would have, uh, have... Go to homing device in the first place? Yes. Yeah, you would, but... Especially if you're going to inject them into, like, dangerous... Or what you classify as dangerous people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Kind of like, let's tag them. But instead of putting tag a chip... Tag them bag them. Yeah, instead of putting a chip in their neck, we put these nanites in there and we can track the nanites. Oh, but we can't. Oops. Unless they get destroyed. <laughs> Stupid. Does that mean they get their beacon goes off if the host dies? Well, no, because the nanites, I guess, would just sit in there. I don't know what they would do. That's gross. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Captain Mooney's like, all right, well, I'll go track them down. <laughs> so, since they're destroying the nanites, all the nanites are gathering together, which actually helps Wolverine, because now they don't have to hunt them down one by one as they come to defend their other nanites. Um, Interesting. We get a very gothic-looking face as uh, Wolverine goes berserk and um zoda wakes up and so i guess it's kind of helping you know as the nanites kind of uh starting to go away she wakes up and um um maloney and um <laughs> uh what's the little one's name uh gabby yeah like oh let's let's help her get up um, and Gabby says, uh, teeny tiny war- warrior women are fighting for your life against teeny tiny robots in your body. And she's like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> and, uh, Bologna's smiling and crying, so they're very happy. Um, then we see a crack in the window and notice very subtly, uh, kind of blood spreading in Zelda's abdomen. And, uh, Moody's here. They shot him. And so then there's an explosion, and um, so Wasp and uh, Wolverine are like kind of being flushed. There's this, there's suddenly like a lot more blood pumping and a lot faster. Um, so they feel like something's wrong. Uh, we see Mooney. He's got a uh, Bologna trapped under some blockage, some wreckage. Uh, Gabby. Uh, Jumps on him, grabs him by the shirt, and breaks his nose, headbutting him. Ow. Uh, Mooney throws him down. Zelda's like, that's enough. You know, you can't torment us, whatever. Um, let's see what she, uh, she says. All those years in charge of us, all those years trying to torment us. We must have driven you mad, a pathetic sadist in charge of people you can't hurt. Then Mooney shoots her again. Um, I guess I'm wanting, really thick red blood and we get a snick in the corner of the page so basically she bled out laura and wasp well they were they were trying to get out anyway so we don't i mean yeah either way i yeah i guess that is kind of what they're saying that there's a snick in the puddle of blood right yeah okay all right i get you then we get a really cool panel of wolverine growing back to size and slicing mooney in the chest as she does um, and he's like, where'd you guys come from? 
Then Wash stings him in the face. <coughs> and um, they try to save the clones, but it looks like Zelda is dead. And, and this um, is where the part of the book where we reach where they're all walking dead faces. A little bit. Yeah, the faces are a little rough. Um, and Gabby's upset. She's like, no, but but we saved you. We, we brought you here. We saved you. And then Zelda very emotionally says, yeah, you did. You um, saved me, and then I died. Right. Again. Right. You saved, you know, who I was. And I think it means like they changed, like she's saying you changed me. Oh. And so, you know, you did save me, even though I died. And then she starts rapidly decomposing, it looks like. <laughs> I think this is this is more more zombie face. Yeah. Um, and uh, Zelda basically challenges Laura and says, "You know what? You gotta fight it. Whatever it is that's stopping you from unleashing, just fight it. Hunt them down. Hurt them. Teach them a lesson. They need to understand. They can bring us into this world, but they can't own us. And then she dies. Aww. And uh, Wasp volunteers to help." Um, to call the Avengers in and Wolverine's like nope this is all on us it's time to go teach him a lesson so she's got her claws out Gabby has a little tiny uh, Mac 10 I guess or a little something some kind of semi-automatic and uh, Bologna has her cool mask and her knives and um, next Carnage huh. Um, I like that the letters page is called your two snicks I like that too. In fact, I'm kind of bummed we didn't come up with that <laughs> for when people write in. Right. All right. So, what do you think of the art? <sighs> eh. There's some rough faces, um, but there's also some really cool stuff. I really enjoyed the colors by Fairbairn, um, particularly the stuff like inside Zelda's body. Yeah. Uh, looked really nice. Um,. There are definitely some some weird faces throughout the issue, but overall, I still still enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you think of the story? Eh. <laughs> well, you just hate small things. I do. It's weird that we're having a tiny baby. The doctor didn't say it'd be tiny; it just said it was measuring a little small. Yes, but you hate the microverse. I can't stand the microverse. You don't like the wasp. No. I'm pretty sure you hate Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> you probably didn't like Inner Space. I don't know. What was that called? What's the 80s movie where they go inside the, the, the dude and they shrink down? That was what I was talking about. And they get attacked by white blood cells. Yeah, not oh, a big fan of that either. Okay. What, what was that called? Inner Space? I don't remember what it was called, but I hated it. <laughs> what was it called? I don't like the episode of The Family Guy where Stewie shrinks down. <laughs> and fights his evil brother. That hasn't yet unconceived been. Unconceived brother yes. or whoever. Oh, it's not called. Yeah, it is called. Yeah, it's inner space. Yeah, I don't like that either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> well. Sorry. That's all right. Well, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um... Kind of class, some kind of classic sci-fi stuff. 
uh, with them going through the body. I actually even enjoyed the wasp a little bit, and I usually don't. Um, and yeah, I I like the kind of the the intrigue of them them trying to save Zelda, and it doesn't work, and she dies, and that's basically sets the water off. Like they lost lost another one, and she's not going to take it anymore. And um, we'll see where it goes next. Um, <coughs> before we grade it, going to read uh, Dan from Intercomics Pod. <coughs> Dan from the Intercomics podcast sent us some notes. This is what Dan had to say: The series continues to be strong. The characterization of Laura is great. The script continues to show that she is a star. The sassy clones are getting a little tiresome, but the emotional payoff at the end of the issue is solid. Wasp isn't as fun as Doctor Strange. She seems more like a forced presence, even though her dialogue is fun in places. Artistically, the book isn't as coherent as it was in previous issues. The line work is still expressive, but the inks are too thick in certain panels. The action is merely there. Seems like the least visually interesting issue of an otherwise dynamic series. Four out of six claws from Dan. Dan, you gave it four? (laughs) You think that's high? Yeah. Okay. Well, what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it middle of the road. Part of me wants to give it a two, but then the other part of me realizes I'm pregnant and big and uncomfortable. So I might be giving it a minus a claw because of that. So I'm going to give it a three. Okay. I admit there's some facial problems. (laughs) Uh, Some. There's some some weird looking ugly faces at times where it doesn't make sense for them to be there. But overall, I really enjoyed this. I just had a lot of fun with it. That was a lot of fun. I agree the action is not quite as good, but there's still some really good panels, right? The one where oh. they when they enlarge back up, it's a great action shot. I love the panel where, um, keep going, this one, where the bomb goes off and they all go scattering because I thought, yay, they're all dead. This book oh. will end. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, so I'm actually going to go five out of six claws. Wow. For all new Wolverine number five. I'm still really enjoying the heck out of this book. Um, just a lot of fun. I'm having fun with it. Where is Angel? I don't know. He'd let his girlfriend off on a mission and, and checking in with her? True. True. That's weird. Not saying that he has to be the overprotective boyfriend. Well, no, we've already established she's the girlfriend in this comic book series. Well, then uh, why the isn't she texting her? typical comic girlfriend, her. yeah. Or why isn't he texting her every five seconds? Where are you? Do you I not love me anymore? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, that's all new Wolverine. You and there move, you have it. You ready to move on to Old Man Logan? Moving on. All right, so we have Old Man Logan number two. You know, one thing I want to point out that we didn't mention last time, kind of the difference between this and the other Old Man Logan appearance we'll talk about later, is that, you know, all most of the Marvel books pick up in this kind of eight-month-later thing after Secret Wars. Right. But this book, in issue one, started immediately. Right. Like, like it starts immediately with Old Man Logan waking up. So, 
technically, in theory, this book is chronologically before all the other Marvel titles. And I thought that was an interesting thing to think about and kind of put some of this, what happens in these books in perspective. That is interesting. Yeah. Though, with having the new Hulk here in this issue, I, we'll see. I don't know if that really continues to hold through. But anyway, this is Old Man Logan number two, Berserker part two. Written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Marcello Maiolo, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, Woo-hoo. and the cover by Sorrentino and Maiolo. Um, on the cover, we have some more red rain and lightning <coughs> as a totally awesome Hulk hovers over Old Man Logan. Yes, but the red rain is getting old. It's a little red on this cover. Um... I could have used some, like, blue rain against the green Hulk. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah. But overall, the cover's fine. It's not It's not the best Sorrentino cover we've seen. We've seen some really, really good ones. And this one is good, but it's not as good. No. Um, but unless we still have a little bit of, of folk, folk, <laughs> Hulk faux hawk uh, for our new Hulk here. Um, so that kind of gives it away on the cover, what's going on. Um, so basically, we start off back in the Badlands. We have a flashback. And we have a cow jumping over the moon. Is it jumping? <laughs> it looks like it's doing a somersault. Yeah. And uh, basically, uh, old man Logan is reminiscing about the Hulk and how he wasn't always bad. But um, when the but he villain- had kids. Yeah, he didn't raise him right. <laughs> well, he basically says that the Hulk snapped when the villains won. And so he was good, but he went bad. But his kids were bad the whole time. So his offspring were just terrible, crappy people from the get-go. So dad wasn't there. Mom wasn't there. They obviously didn't have family dinner night. Right. So we turned the page to a double-page spread that's very gross. Um, it's disgusting. Of one of the Hulk inbred brothers punching through said cow. Wait, they're inbred? Yeah. So Hulk and his sister... I don't know, or his cousin maybe, she Hulk? I'm not sure. Ew. But they have that kind of Arkansas thing going on. Ew. With their, or not, let's, let's go even more legit. Uh, what's that movie with the uh, banjo song? Some horror movie with a bunch of inbred rednecks in the woods. Deliverance, right? Is that what it's called? i never seen it. Yeah. But there is that episode of, what is it, The X-Files? Yeah. So anyway, imagine that. That's the Hulk, the Hulk family. Um, I really like this panel on the bottom we have the outlines of the cows and kind of the panels inside the cows. I thought that was really cool. You're very unimpressed. <laughs> You're just I generally was... unimpressed. If it's not a baby coming through my hoo-ha, I don't care. No. <laughs> I just, at one point, you're staring at the cow's butt to look at the panel. There's the udders. I know. <laughs> it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, basically it's some farmer that owes the Hulk some money and they decide they're going to take payment by throwing their cows in the air, punching them 
<laughs> and slaughtering them. Yeah. And then the guy comes out with a shotgun and like, what are you doing? He's like, well, you owe us. He's like, well, I can't pay you back if you kill all my cows. And I'm like, not my problem. So I throw the guy in the air and punch through him. Gross. Yeah. And you hear him screaming and you have old man Logan on the porch and his wife comes out and they're like, what are you doing? Come back inside. Can't yeah. do anything. He's like, well, maybe I can. He's like, no, not anymore. Not now. We got to think of Scotty and Jade. They're all that matters now. You go off after the Banner Clan, you go back to the man you were, and we risk losing everything we have here. And he asks a question, though, but, but can I stand to let the kids grow up in a world like this with monsters like that running around? <coughs> and his wife basically says, it's not your fight. You already fought your fights. Like, let it go. And then, of course, you get a, a, a flash forward in the flashback and when the Hulks kill his family. And he's kind of thinking, well, maybe if I had not listened to her and done something sooner, I could have changed all this. But then he's back in the present. He's like, but now, now I can change all this. And he's no, got his, you can't. Different world. <laughs> he doesn't know that. He's still confused in the rain. Um, in the red rain? Maybe it's acid rain. <coughs> maybe. So he killed um, the butcher, and now he's going after Banner. And it just turns out he hears on the little radio or on the news or whatever that the Hulk is uh, helping Helping a some... traffic jam. Yeah, yeah. So, the big, mean Hulk is helping out a traffic jam. <laughs> and so what better time to attack? Um, and, of course, it's raining. Cause Red rain. It's always raining in, in Old Man Logan. Um and we see old man Logan go after the Hulk, and he has this, He says he's finally learned his strategy. Can't just go after the Hulk. You got to take out his legs first and then his eyes. So he basically cuts his Achilles tendons. Gross. With his claws. And Hulk's like, oh, that hurt. Um, Hulk hurt. Yeah. And then he kind of punches uh, old man Logan through the rain. Um, I love how he calls him. Are you his father? Yeah, now you, you Wolverine's old dad, his grandpa. Um, well, he says it after Old Man Logan says, Bub, because Old Man Logan says, Hurst just beginning for you, Bub. And Hulk's like, Bub? Wait, what are you, Wolverine's dad or something? And he goes, I hope you have a healing factor too, old man, because I'm about to bring the hurt. <laughs> and we get a kachoom. As he does his little Hulk thunderclap and Old Man Logan flies into a building. Um, and Old Man Logan's pretty hurt. But then he remembers his family. And he goes back into action, stabs right through Hulk's hand, gets punched through a building. Um, yeah, a bunch of red panels. Yeah. Again. Well, I like it though because it shows, because basically uh, Hulk kicks kicks him, like punts him. And we see, like, the different air, different floors where he comes through and comes through the roof. Yeah, I just wish they'd do something different than it always being a red square. Like, make it blue, make it green, make it some other you know, color. I'm wondering other than if this red. is the, um, oh, never mind. We don't have it on this one. <laughs> that production credit, I was wondering if that had to do with this, but that was on the other comic. Anyway, we get a nice big reg snicked. Um, Wolverine takes more of a beating. I'm sorry, Old Man Logan takes more of a beating. Then we have an awesome, awesome page. I do like this page. It is still Red Rain. 
It is still red rain. But old man Logan's like in dark shadow, but you see the rain on him and the water dripping down him. You see blood coming out of his mouth. I also it's like just, how he only has one hand, one <coughs> one claw popped. One set of claws, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Hulk's like, whoa, hold up, dude. You look tore up to the floor up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should call you a doctor. Right. He goes, I, I'm sorry, dude. I got carried away. And old man Logan's like, what? This doesn't sound like Banner or no. Hulk. And so he says, Banner? And Hulk's like, Banner? No, man. You got the wrong guy. I'm Amadeus Cho. I'm the new Hulk. <laughs> then old man Logan looks very dejected. He's like, oh, where's Banner? <laughs> I like the Hulk's response. He's like, well, um, I can't tell you that now, obviously. Right. Like you're trying to kill him. I can't just send you on a, a, a murder, murder hunt. It's a scavenger hunt. Go here and you'll get your next clue. Yeah. And then we get a nice like whiteout panel where Hulk's trying to be calm and like logical. And he's like, hey, look, maybe if you calm down, we can try and figure this out. What do you say? Crotchety old Wolverine and totally awesome new Hulk team up? I mean, which... And this guy's a teenager, so... Right. The dialogue makes sense. But then the cops show up and uh, old man Logan skedaddles. And um, he's like, whoa, the Hulk, the Hulk punched me all the way to Brooklyn. I know someone in Brooklyn. Then we get an awesome double page spread. See, I... You're unimpressed again. <laughs> so we get these really cool, like, circle panels, like with purple and pink. Yeah, they they look like archery because they have yes. like one, two, and uh-huh. like targets. Yeah, they're like the um, what do you call the? It's not a dart board, but the bullseye. Big, the, the board on the ground, well, the bullseye is the middle part. It's a um, target. Okay, the target. Yeah, so you have these purple targets, and in, inside of them, uh, you have Wolverine climbing up a fire escape and through the window. I'm sorry, Old Man Logan climbing up a fire escape and through the window. Um, and he comes in, and then on the bottom we have like the outline of a dog's head. And then we see a dog, and <laughs> the dog has a thought bubble. And there's no words inside it's the thought just bubble. Like, dog? It's a silhouette of a dog and a question mark. And then he licks Old Man Logan, and then there's a silhouette of a rabid wolverine. I thought that was really cool. And so he's looking for Hawkeye, he finds uh, Kate Bishop. Um, what does he say? He says, Barton, Hawkeye, and a bishop's like, You're half right, old man. She's got an arrow pointed at his face. And next, old man Logan versus new Hawkeye. All right, so what do you think of the art? <laughs> Not digging it. All right, I'm still loving it. <laughs> I, I can't get into it it in fact i was pleasantly surprised how quick of a read it was because had it been one of those long drawn out reads i don't think i would have made it okay i really enjoyed the art and i really enjoyed the story too kind of old man logan's regret um kind of going next on his list i wonder what he'll i mean hawkeye is not on his list he went to hawkeye for help so the next fight will be off the off the cuff. But um, I'm wondering if he will still try to go after Banner or if he'll just kind of bump down next to the list. Like, I don't know. I'm curious to see what he does. 
on his uh, revenge spree. But it seems like he has a logical order of why he wants to go in that order. Yeah, because um, he started small. I mean, Hulk's a little big to be second, maybe. No, but he's... So he took out the but one guy as practiced. Is, yeah. But after Hulk is Mysterio and then Red Skull, so I, mean, I guess... He's going in, in power order. Eh, I don't know, man. I think... Hulk would be more powerful than Mysterio and possibly Red Skull as well. But <laughs> whatever. I'm sure he has his reasons. Um, but I thought the art and the story were great. I'm going to give Old Man Logan number two, five out of six claws. Wow. And you're going to give it what, two? Mm. No, I'm going to do what I did last time. I'm going to give it three. No, I really want to give it. I want to give it. No, because what if I, it is pregnancy hormones. What if after I have this kid, I go back and read it and go, oh gosh, I was hormonal. I don't think you'll change it that much. All right. I'm only going to give it a two. I just, I I thought there were parts that were good, but then, I I don't know. I just, I can't get my head around the art and I don't like it and sorry. Well, contrary to what we'll say later in the podcast, I really enjoyed Lemire's characterization in this book of Old Man Logan. Okay. A little teaser for some stuff to come later in the episode. But, um, FYI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. We're very, very different on both of the current main, main solo series. Again, pregnant and hormonal. Yeah. We'll see. Just throwing it out there. We'll see. Won't be much longer that you'll have that to, to rely on. So no. That crutch will pop right out of your hoo-ha. Okay, uh, could you stop saying that? <laughs> the visual is... Especially when the baby kicks and... <laughs> I'm already uncomfortable. Right, All right. Fair enough. <coughs> Sorry, listeners. I won't say it again. B.S. You're going to say it the next time you get on here. <laughs> well... Anyway, those are our two main solo books. Um, next up, we'll have kind of an extended, but hopefully not too extended, X marks the spot. All righty. All right. All right, and now it's time for X marks the spot. We uh, have four comics to talk about in February. Four? Yeah, including two issues of all new X-Men starring Wolverine. You do realize I'm pregnant, right? <laughs> My goal is to um, filibuster this segment until the baby comes. Mm, do I have <laughs> to sit through this? <laughs> yeah. Then we also have Old Man Logan in an issue of Extraordinary X-Men and Pussycat Sabretooth in an issue of Uncanny X-Men. So we will start with all new X-Men as it pertains to our main Wolverine. That's going to be issues four and five. Um, both written by Dennis Hopeless and penciled by Marley and inked by Andrew Hennessy and colors by Nolan Woodard and letters by Corey Pettit. Ooh. And both covers are, are, and both covers are by Bassey and Woodard. And I like both these covers quite a bit. On number four, we have like a green fire and Wolverine kind of burning in the fire. It's almost like uh, acid. Yeah, or even kind of ghostly haunted looking. Yeah. But it's, it's really cool. Um, 
I like it quite a bit. The only thing I thought was a little bit weird is if you look really closely at her left eye, there's a little pupil in the eye slit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not crazy about that. But other than that, I think it's an awesome cover. She also has Mansion. Oh, she is Logan's clone. Yeah. It's just, it, I don't know, it looks weird. Like, uh, I don't know where the chin should end, so we'll just draw a line. <laughs> yeah. So her neck and her chin are like all in one. Right. But I think it's a great cover. Uh, number five is also features Wolverine. And it has the blob grabbing her in one hand while young Cyclops blasts the blob in the face. I actually really like how she is drawn. I do too. In this I one. think it's one of the better editions yeah. by Bagley so far. Yeah. It looks like a very feminine Wolverine. Yes. It's more in line with what we've seen in all new Wolverine as far yeah. as her physique. Yeah. I really like it. I'm not going to say that necessarily carries over through the issues, but on this cover, it looks really, really good. So the only thing that's a little weird is Blob is almost molesting her. <laughs> what do you mean? I guess fingers get pretty close to oh, well. coughing a feel. Yeah, but his hands are big and she's tiny. Yes. Yeah, he's pretty He's pretty big on this cover. But overall, I think both covers are really great. Now, I do have a question just to clarify for our readers. When we okay. do these two books, are we going to do them as if they were one book? Uh, kind of. Okay. Let me ask you this before we, before we do that. And the last time I did this with Andrew on a flashback episode, it backfired on me. Uh-oh. But um, So my grades for these books are identical. Are you going to grade them differently? No, they'll probably be identical too. Okay, so we can kind of treat it like one big issue then because nothing's really going to change. Okay. But now are we going to let the readers know this is the end of one book and we're moving into the next book? Um, sure. Okay. I just, if someone wants to follow along, I don't right. want them to get to the end of their book and go, uh. Yeah. In the words of the great Bill Maloney, we're making it up as we go along. Okay. <laughs> I thought we'd do that every time. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Shoot from the hip, in the words of the great ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> just clarifying. Shoot from the hip. That was terrible. Sorry. That was awful. <laughs> Sorry, babe. There's, there's been a lot of bad um, music approximations in this episode. Mm. None of them actually being musical. No, um, and I think I contribute to most of them. <laughs> we both do our fair share. So anyway, basically, um, in these two issues, we find that, you know, after the first story arc, the all new X-Men are back together and we're kind of to our road trip X-Men. They're kind of just globetrotting um, as Young Beast tries to figure out social media and to go where uh, they're needed and either help other mutants or help different situations or just be heroes. I mean, hey, see, not all mutants are bad. We right. can be heroes. We can, we be, can be heroes. heroes. <laughs> just one day. Wow, the fact that we thought about that together <laughs> and it wasn't planned. Yeah. We're in trouble. Yeah, so that's basically what they're doing. And um, they're, they start off fighting some mobsters in Tokyo that look like they have Ogun mask, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I did too. Um, the only thing I don't like about this, or not the only thing, but the main thing I don't like about this artistically 
is Wolverine's claws, her two claws seem to be coming out of the bottom, like the inside of her palm. Yeah, I also didn't like how Angel looked like a butterfly. In a couple of panels, yeah. It almost looks like um, Psylocke's uh, telepathy power. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it almost looks like like if you were going to do a fake Wolverine, and you like made claws and put a bar between them and you grabbed the bar like, yeah. with a fist. Because they're, they're, they're definitely not from the back of her hand because they're way low in the knuckles and between the fingers like she's holding them, not like they're part of her. So that, that I wasn't crazy about that. But the action here is fine. Um, we have kind of what's going to be our story beat as a Wolverine gets blasted with some bracka 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 machine gun fire. I did not and like... And smiles. Yeah, I did not like how um, her wounds look. And they're very 90s looking, kind of bright. They're flat blood. too. Yeah. Like this this shouldn't be perfect. The one on her neck should not be perfect circle. It should be slightly at an angle. Right. And I just feel like they were like, circle, circle, (laughs) circle, circle, circle. Dot, dot. Now I have my cootie shot. Yep. Yeah. So we also want to point out that Angel is very perturbed. Yes. Uh, And they, uh, she's kind of bossy to him in the beginning. A little bit. Because, you know, they're almost slightly arguing. And then she goes, say you love me. Come on, say it. And he's like, I love you. She's like, hear that? He loves me. I kind of like that. I thought that was more playful. Because I think she was trying to break, like, maybe it's defensive. Maybe it's, like, keeping the conversation from becoming too serious. Because obviously Angel's trying to actually talk about something. And she's like, (laughs) just say you love me. Um, so I think it's her way of kind of deflecting the conversation. See, I kind of, I don't know. I felt like this was a side of Wolverine that we haven't seen before. This Maybe. It does sound like Wolverine. Maybe not what we've seen necessarily with this Wolverine, but... Well, yeah, but I guess that's the thing is Laura, yes, Laura is a clone of Wolverine. And while this dialogue sounds like something that Logan Wolverine would say, I don't necessarily know because Angel and X-23, a.k.a. New Wolverine, have had very intimate conversations. They have. And And this does not seem... Like their normal intimate conversation. Now you could say, well, they're in the middle of a fight. Like they're in the middle of about to bust through these people and mess up their little Uzi party. <laughs> but the the fact that they were fighting in the beginning made me come up to some conclusions okay. that I later discovered I was correct on. Right. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out what Angel says here um, right before Laura becomes kind of a smartass. He goes, worry? Why would I worry? My girlfriend's, quote unquote, the best there is of what she does. Classic Wolverine line. Yep. He goes, I'm about to watch her prove it. And then kind of under his breath again. Yeah, that's a very poignant statement. It definitely gives a lot of insight into where these two issues are going to go. Yes. Um, And his state of mind. Yes, right. So, but after she gets shot, though, there is a really great panel with a hot pink background. The claws are still wrong, but she looks, Wolverine looks great. I really like the way 
Bagley does the cow, kind of the old, smaller, thin cow, kind yeah. of like um, if you remember when John Romita Jr. first started doing Uncanny, the kind of the cow he drew is very reminiscent of that, and it's very cool. Yeah, I agree. Looks great. Um, so we got some more stuff with some of the other characters. I will say I was kind of pleased that uh, Idy and Evan actually kind of have stuff to do in this is- these two issues. I do too, but I think one of Beast's lines, like I actually snickered at and went, are you kidding me? So, you know, Hank's talking to the, what is it, Tokyo newspaper? Yeah, and the Japanese social media yeah. teenager or whatever. And he's talking about how he's invented this gadget. That makes my co-host yawn. Yeah, because he's talking about how it it takes something and then atmospheric pressure. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? <laughs> well, you might as well have based it on the price of tea in China. Um, basically, it's just some silly formula. Um, he's like, this algorithm, blah, 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 blah. Right. I think it's not supposed to make total sense. I think we're supposed to roll our eyes at it a little bit, as I, all the other X-Men are also rolling their eyes. I think, yeah, but I guess part of me is like, I wish he just would have said, it takes into effect the account. It's an algorithm that takes into account this and some other variables and lets us know where we need to be. Right. The atmospheric pressure thing was like, is that supposed to be when, when was it going to be have a full moon? Well, but it could mean that mutants are affecting weather patterns. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know. Make it rain. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That was my pet. That was the only pet peeve I had for the issue. Really? Because we're... That's right before my biggest pet peeve. Oh, what's your biggest pet peeve? Right. You know, we'll come back to it. Okay. We'll say... We'll just say that... Um, so all the X-Men are kind of being interviewed, almost like a mini press conference after they save everybody. Right. And um, Wolverine has some things to say that don't particularly thrill me. And um, we'll we'll come back to that, though, when we talk about... Because these two issues are very Wolverine-Angel-centric, and their relationship very much takes center stage. Yes. So when we kind of get to the end of five, I'll come back and talk about what I like and don't like about this. Okay. Um, but basically, they're feeding a, na- a Banff um, some Chinese, Chinese takeout. Yes, or even though they're in Tokyo. Oh, Japanese um, takeout? Sure. Um, to get ready to teleport. And then we go back to uh, somewhere outside of France, and we see that Blob is um, hunting and eating exotic creatures. That doesn't look like a creature that'd be in my zoo. No, no, this is a this is an exotic, either extra dimensional or some kind of creature. But Blob Blob kills it, and he's gonna take it to a restaurant, one of those restaurants where you bring your own meat and they cook it. So what is that? B Y O B, bring your own beef. Yeah, yeah. So then we catch our X Men in California. There's a wildfire, as there tend to be, and um, Wolverine goes charging into the flames because you know she can. She can. She can't be hurt. Yeah. And B says we should count ourselves lucky to have a Wolverine on the team. And then Iceman makes like a big ice thing and puts the fire out after Wolverine gets everybody out. Which I guess because there would be maybe a backdraft or something, so... That actually didn't make sense to me, unless they were afraid that 
they would get frozen. I think, yeah, either that or they're afraid that the, the change in temperature would, would kill anybody inside or something like that. But uh, Wolverine gets everyone out. She starts he- healing, even though the firemen are like, smell barbecue? <laughs> I I will say, okay, so I did have another pet peeve because I didn't like how her healing factor was so fast. Uh, you, you've you been on this podcast long enough. I know. The healing factor. The Wolverine healing factor. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I get it. <laughs> I just kind of felt like with this one, they sped it up for the sake of what's going to happen later. No, oh, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, also, I mean, her uniform is still there. So she wasn't like completely on fire, I don't think. I mean, she definitely got burnt. But, like, her clothes didn't burn off. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so then we next we go to a Hurricane Roxy um, outside of Thailand. And, uh, of course, Wolverine goes diving into the water, risking her neck again. And, um, you know, she comes out no worse for the wear, and she saves the puppy. Aww. Yep. And she uses the puppy to, again, deflect a serious conversation. Hmm. So then we have uh, Iceman um, inadvertently freezes the beverage of a guy that's hitting on him. Oops. Oops. Yep. And so then we have kind of a fight between Angel and Wolverine. It is a typical lover's quarrel. Yeah, well, this this lays some more groundwork because basically Angel wanted to go to a fancy restaurant because, you know, he's kind of a rich, yuffie guy. And uh, Wolverine was like, I don't want to do that. Well, I think he was trying to set the mood. Right. And so anyway, um, they kind of kind of argue a little bit. I love how their disguises are <laughs> overcoats. overcoats. Yeah. And Laura doesn't even wear an overcoat. She just wears a leather jacket and then has spandex and boots on underneath. Well, I'm sure that's the fashion in France. <laughs> Probably. And Angel says he's got to get something off his chest. He doesn't want to fight. Um, and Wolverine's like, are we really going to talk about this? And Angel's like, you're being too hardcore. Um, basically, like, you're trying to get hurt. And Lord's like, I'm not trying to get hurt. But I'm the person on this team that can take these chances because I can come back. Like, Beast, you, y'all can't run into fires. Y'all can't get shot. Like, I can... I'm doing this because I can take it, basically. Right. And Angel's like, yeah, but it, it scares me, basically. And I don't like seeing you get hurt. And, you know, I want to protect you. And, you know, it's it's an interesting kind of dynamic, but... Well, I have a question. Okay. So, this angel was around when Wolverine died, right? Yeah. Okay. So he, he was not particularly close to, or had a lot of interaction with, with older Wolverine. No, but, but it's not like the kids, like the the Jean Grey or the young Scott Summers that maybe didn't know Logan. They all met him. Right, but they didn't. They, I guess what I was trying to say is Angel knows that Wolverine was able to be killed. Oh, yeah, because he's dead. Right. But that's <laughs> yeah. the point I'm trying to make right, is right. his concern comes from the fact that he's like, yeah, Wolverine thought all this, too, and um, gone. Yeah, he's dead. 
you're not invincible is basically what he says. Right. Like, and yeah, you can take a lot, but you can't take everything, which is a valid point. Well, and it's interesting to me that Laura doesn't see it that way, considering she had her own conundrum of his of his death. Right. I think she, you know, in some ways in trying to be Wolverine, trying to carry on the legacy is maybe, I think Angel might have a point that she is kind of trying too hard to be like super Wolverine. She's almost to the point of arrogance. Yeah, arrogance or taking unnecessary chances yeah. at, at the least. Yeah. Like, I get that Wolverine never really thought anything through. <laughs> he was very impetuous. Yeah. Yes. But I almost feel like in this issue, she was she's even more so. Possibly. Yeah. And we can talk when we're done how much we think this does or doesn't match. But okay. Anyway, we, we see Blob. Um, the restaurant doesn't want to cook his giant horrible beast, and he gets mad. He just wants to eat. And a Wolverine and Angel spot him. And they go in. And uh, Wolverine's like, I've got this. And Angel's like, uh, point in case. <laughs> yeah. Wait for the team. And she's like, I don't need to. So she runs in. Um, I don't like that she calls Blob fat. No. Um, I do like that Blob calls her out on it. He's like body shaming bluster and a sloppy off balance attack. And he basically slams Wolverine face first through a table yep. and he goes Wolverine was better than that and he keeps talking about how she's not good enough to be Wolverine which I thought was interesting that is interesting he also says that he was minding his own business and why are they messing with him he just wants to eat he just wants his exotic beastie yeah in fact what does he call him uh, maybe it's the next issue where he calls him um, uh, crap I guess we'll, we'll get there. He makes fun of the whole X-Men. But uh, Wolverine gets back up, but uh, I think Blob breaks her neck. We get a nice crack. Um, then he stomps her into the ground. And, um, and I like this line. He goes, <laughs> girl has at least one thing in common with the real Wolverine. That guy didn't know how to stay down. And he basically beats Wolverine to a pulp. Yeah, in fact, I actually kind of like how they don't show her face. Right, you don't see it. Oh, and by the way, Angel uh, Blob blew the <coughs> Blob threw the giant beast on top of Angel and pinned him to the ground. So he just has to watch all this happen. And that's issue four. So issue intense. F- yeah, pretty intense. So issue five, we open. With Blob and a bloody fist going, <laughs> Wolverine, my ass. <laughs> I do like that. It's not even close, sweetheart. Not even close. Here's hoping they threw in a side of healing factor with that order of claws. Then he grabs his dinner, and Angel gets mad with his fire wings. And Blob we, calls him pretty. And we have a whoosh. Yeah. And then Blob's like, I'm going to take my food and go. <laughs> And uh, Angel thinks that Wolverine is dead. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because does I, I was a little confused because does he think that she's dead or does he feel like, well, she died, but she'll her healing factor will bring her back to life? 
I don't know. I don't know if he's saying like I I know she's dead this time. Of course she's not. Or if he's saying this she could die and this is what it would be like. Like I'm I'm not sure. Either well, way he's very very upset. Because he says, "Look at you. You're dead. Anybody else would be." Right. This is what dead looks like. Yeah, so I'm just wondering if he's like, "I know you're not dead, but you could be." Yeah, maybe so. I'm not sure. I don't know if he really thinks she's dead on this occasion or if he just is acknowledging her mortality. Right. Either way, Beast and the other young X-Men show up. I really like this panel of Blob's, uh, Beast meeting Blob's fist. Yes, because he's too attached to his cell phone yeah. and Twitter. Yeah, he's discovered Twitter. Uh-oh. Maybe yeah. he's friends with Georgie. <laughs> maybe. Um, but this is my line. So, so Blob goes... Will you teeny bopper X-Men just let me beep and eat? <laughs> it's really great. He's still carrying around this giant monster that he wants someone to cook for him. No one will cook for the blob. This whole issue can be resolved if someone would just fry up this stupid werewolf thing he's carrying around. Make him some soup, a little almond bouche. Yeah. He'd be happy. Yep. So then we go to Notre Dame and Heidi yells at God. Um, which was interesting. Yeah, I don't know how I felt about that one. Uh, you know, I'm okay with it. Um, you know, Idy was, from what we know of her origin, was raised in an extremely like conservative, fundamentalist Christian family that thought she was evil and against God's will when she um, sprung her mutant powers. Okay. So there's a lot of like repression and, and guilt and like trying to figure out where she fits in. And then also there was that thing where she was going to the church and Wolverine and the X-Men and the priest was an evil robot that tricked her, like tried to trick her into killing her friends and stuff. So you don't remember that story? <laughs> pretty sure you were on those episodes. I'm pretty sure I was too. <laughs> but I don't remember. But anyway, so she's got some problems. And I mean, she's definitely a recovering fundamentalist. And there's kind of... If you grow up in that kind of blind fundamentalism, you can kind of do three things. You can stay blind. Right. Um, you can realize that what the people taught you is, like, you don't have to throw the bath out or the baby out with the bathwater. Like, you can realize that, well, I can still have faith, but what these people, the way these people interpreted faith was way wrong. Right. Or you can just abandon all of it and completely turn around. So I'm interested to see where Hopeless takes Idy. Like, which of those... Obviously, she's not going to stay blind. Right. Like she's, so is she going to kind of say, well, you know what? I hate kind of this version of God that they showed me, but maybe I'll find a different version of God. Or will she kind of become like agnostic atheist? I don't know. Hmm. But I think the anger is a natural next step. And we'll see what 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 is the launch pad to. Well, so it could be interesting, or it could not. I don't know. And I, you know, I guess I when I think about it, I I do. One of the things I like about Nightcrawler is his faith. Hmm. Okay. And so. Yeah. No, I agree. That that hmm, will be in reference to a, a another issue in this a segment. Oh. Okay. But um, well, no. I guess my point that I was trying to say is, I love his character. Shit. Yeah. Because of his faith and how he's come 
to it and from it and whatnot. Yeah, and he's and, he's wrestled with doubts. Yes, but he still always believes at right. the end of the day. And I, what I think is interesting is, you know, there are very few X Men that dabble in the aspect of faith. Yeah, and, and so the fact that ID is going through this journey of discovering or not discovering, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know. I just kind of like it because in this world, I think if there were mutants or people with special powers, I think they would struggle with faith. Oh, yeah, because, you know, there would definitely be segments of the of the population that would use religion as an excuse to persecute them. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Trump. They would... Um, well, they'd, you know, find some passage in the Bible that's like, see, in Revelations, <laughs> there's right. an X. Or the Leviticus X is on is the beast. Mutants <laughs> or, or beast is bestiality, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, you know, I, I'm definitely curious and interested to see where they take this. And so, but I, I do think, I think the anger at God, like not, because it's almost like she's not, she hasn't turned the corner either way yet. No. So she could go either way. She could be mad, and that anger could say, "Well, I just don't believe you in you anymore," or the anger could actually lead to a stronger faith. So. Well, I think we'll she's see. reaching the fork in the road. Right. I don't think the fork is as far down as we, as I necessarily thought it was. I think it's closer to right. her. Yeah. No. And we'll definitely, you know, Bobby or Iceman makes a joke about this that because he has a conversation with Evan in a little bit and he goes. This whole time, I thought you you were just a guy that stood in the corner and smiled. And I think that's kind of an inside joke about the way the characters weren't really used in the first arc. Right. So I'm just glad to see ID and Evan doing stuff. Right. <laughs> so hopefully their journey uh, can, can go some interesting places. So a uh, young Cyclops buys a soccer ball and kicks it in an alley and meets a, a pair of eyes. Who do those eyes belong to? We don't know. And we well, don't find out. We don't find out because somebody comes crashing through there. Right. So it's Blob. And so Cyclops blast him. Um, then we go back to the restaurant. And off panel, we get some nice sound effects as Angel barfs. As we get crick, snap, thock, slurp. <laughs> and it's basically Wolverine um, popping her bones back together as she heals. I will say... Uh, I like the fact that you don't see her, but the one panel where you kind of see her, it looks gnarly. Yes. I know. I thought this page was very well done. Yeah. And the, even the light, like the lighting with the colors, it almost awesome. has like a horror film to it. Yes. And I thought that was really cool, like like just film how ghastly yeah. Angel is. So then, of course, I did, like I talked about Evan, um, he uh, basically sets Bobby up with a cashier. Yeah, I, I do like how... Uh, Evan's like the ultimate wingman in this That's issue. what I was going to say. He played a great wingman. Yeah. I'll take your shift. Yeah, so the guy behind the counter is hitting on Bobby, and Bobby's like, oh, well, he, he looks like he's obviously interested and maybe even a little embarrassed, but he's like, well, I got, I got X-Men stuff I got to do. Yeah. And Evan's like, I got you covered. You can go out. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go get some street crepes. <laughs> right. Which the... <laughs> Not. <laughs> this is how uh, my pregnant mind worked. The first time I read that, I had to reread it again because I thought he said he was going to go get some street crabs. 
Street crabs. And I was a like, very what? big problem in Paris. Street crabs. How do you do that? Well, you really want to know? No. First, you need a prostitute with crabs. Mm, that's okay. <laughs> well, Bobby still bails, and Evan's like, well, dude, what's going on? And this was really interesting, too, because he talks about how even though he's come out, there's an older ice man who just now barely came out and, like, buried it for so long and didn't make the right decision. But not only that, he's it's interesting because he's worried about how his teammates perceive him, not in a will-they-accept-me way. Like, he's not worried about them being homophobic. But, like, I think basically the summation... He's wor- he wonders if it's going to affect kind of him and Beast bromance. Oh, like they, they've been like buddy, best friends, doing stuff like you know, like guys, like guys, guys together, and right? Like, well, you know, will him coming out, will Beast unintentionally treat him differently? Not in a bad way, like he doesn't like him or approve of him, but will he? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, it kind of goes back to to like the whole kind of fear you know like the whole athletic subculture yeah like like i can say well, i you know i play football and I'm, I'm not homophobic i accept everybody but what if he looks at me naked in the locker room <laughs> he sees me naked man right <laughs> which doesn't bother you when it's all the rest of the guys but because that guy likes you know other men who aren't you. Right. <laughs> then all of a sudden yeah. it's a problem. Right. But no, I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting conversation that Bobby has. And, um, and well, and I think, not that I think his conversation is completely 100% valid, but I think people in that situation, that is something that they're going to question. Yeah, no. So I, yeah, I, I do think it's pretty valid. Um, well, no, I mean like, okay, if I had a friend that was gay and they were like, this is my concern. We won't be good friends. I'd be like. Pfft. Oh, well, right, right. Yeah, I think Beast would would say, well, of course. <laughs> I right. think Evan tries to point Bobby in that direction, too. Like, dude, come on, of course. Right. But, you know. I mean, it's a valid concern for the person who's who's thinking it because it's obviously on their mind and they're upset right. about it. But I think in this situation, when you're such good friends with people, they love you for who you are. I agree. Sorry, I got on a tangent. No, that's fine. So then um, Bobby and Evan see the fight with Blob. They spring into action. Uh, they crash through the church. So Idy joins the fight too. Um, and now they're they're running around France fighting the Blob. I will say, I do like these action panels that take up like the two-page spreads of, you know, the Blob busting through things or them fighting in the street. It's very... Your eye doesn't know where to go. It's almost like a where's Waldo. What else do I see? <laughs> right. And I like that. Yeah. I love the thing in modern comics you see where there's big fights and there's crowds of people holding up their iPhones. Well, that's just typical society. Yeah. And then we get to our last page. Uh, Wolverine pops up and pops her claws. She's ready to go back and join the fight too. Mm-hmm. And Angel's Fast like, and loose. Yep. And... No, it took a while. Wow, it took, what, five minutes? Longer than that, I She think. was beat to bloody death? I think it was longer than five minutes. Okay. I guess it depends on how fast you read the book. Five minutes. But Angel, she's like, where are everybody go? Angel's like, the blob left right after he killed you. And Wolverine's like, no one killed me, Warren. 
So which way you need to go? And uh, Angel uh, says, I-, I can't do this anymore. He wants to break up. Saw it coming from the first page on I did a little book bit. four. So do you think it's going to stick? Do you think they'll actually break up? Um. So I have two. So that's, th- that's what we'll do first. We'll talk predictions. Okay. I have two theories. Okay. <laughs> really hedging your bets, huh? There's only two options. Well, <laughs> no. Part of me sees her going, well, you're stupid and you just have to deal with it and F you. And she's going to go on her Wolverine tirade. Okay. Which is probably what's going to happen. Or this is going to snap her back. What I think it should do, because this book, she does take a lot of unknown or unnecessary, unnecessary risks. And I think she needs a little slap in the face. And I think this is a good slap in the face because a good wake up call. Yes. But I also kind of wonder how much are they also trying to show us that while Angel is fully 100% in love with Wolverine, which is why I feel like he broke up with her. He's so in love with her. He can't go through this every day. Right. He can't feel like she's going to die or watch her die and then watch her come back to life. Over and over again. Yeah. Right. And so I wonder if she will realize that she was never in love with him. I don't know. And that she can't be in love with anybody. And that this will kind of start like the typical Logan downward spiral of never having a successful relationship. Yeah, I don't know. Um, my prediction is going to be on again, off again. I like them together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll t- let's talk. Let's transition the conversation to that. Then I do really like them together um, more than I thought I would. Um, Particularly in the first couple issues of All New Wolverine, I really enjoyed the relationship. I think they balance each other out. I do too. Now, you'll remember one of the things I said when they first hooked up back in the last volume of All New X-Men. Now, I was like, man, can you, like old, old school Angel and old school Wolverine pretty much hated each other. Right. So it's interesting to see these two as a couple. <clears throat> You know, um, so yeah, I I do like them together and want them to be together, but I feel like what happened here was A, very well written. It was. And B, kind of makes sense and points to, be, points to maybe why they can't be together, even though you kind of want them to be. Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting or enjoyed is they kind of showed that while opposites attract... Now that they're actually like getting past the the we just met and fell in love puppy love stage and actually like trying to interact and have a relationship, they may be a little bit too different, at least in their taste. Um, you know, Angel wants to kind of be fancy pants and Wolverine wants to be very down to earth. And Yeah, but... They, they may not even really want to do the same things like with their free time. Yeah, but okay, I disagree with that. And okay. the reason why I disagree is take us, for example, mm-hmm. when we first met, you know, one of the things we talked about was in one of our, I don't want to say it was a, a fight, but one of our long winded discussions was 
you know, every once in a while I wanted to go to a nice restaurant and your comment back to me was, why do you want to spend so much on food? (laughs) (laughs) And it was funny because I realized that you did not view food the way I viewed food. Not that it was food is food is fuel for your body period. Right. But food is also an art form. And I think once I explained that to you, you went in and looked at, we did, we went to a very nice restaurant and we had it. And I think you, you finally saw what I saw in food. Well, part of it was I saw that and part of it was I really enjoyed giving you something and seeing you be in love with it the way you were. And so seeing you that happy made me really happy. But also we didn't, we were able to have the conversation and to have the experience and to try it. We didn't go, well, you know what? Let's talk about this later after we save the world. Right. Well, <laughs> so and that's, that's, that's the kind of the problem. comic book peril is that relationships always kind of get stalled by all the superheroing. Well, and yeah, and it gets stalled in the book too. Cause right. she goes, can we talk about this later? Cause yeah. that. Right. And, and I think that's a poignant point that, Unfortunately, whereas, you know, real life couples can make time to discuss. Right. And to work out these differences and to try things together. And will they get that chance? And will Wolverine even want to? Well, and that's, I kind of feel like she doesn't want to. I kind of feel like, and this is the part that I guess I struggle with, is she seems very Wolverine-ish. It's my way or the highway. So you agree with me or you don't agree with me. But I'm going to do my way. I'm going to do things my way no matter what. Right. And that to me is, doesn't seem like X-23. All the conversations that her and Angel have had up to this point, even when they fought, they always, she always listened to what he had to say. And there, yes, there were times where she was like, you're overreacting. But she still listened to him. Right. And I feel like in these two books that there is no volume to what he says. She's completely shut him out and shut him off. She is all about the mission right now. And that, to me, does not seem like X-23. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily mesh 100% with what we're getting in All-New Wolverine right now. No, it doesn't. Where she is very much about the mission, but she's also very much about trying to make the connections that maybe Logan didn't make. Well, then that brings up a point. When... Does that storyline and this storyline happen? We Does don't this, really know yet. Because I'm wondering if this happens first and they break up and then the other storyline happens and she starts to well, realize and she needs to Well, in issue one, they make, were together. Well, uh, yeah. Conveniently enough, in Paris. Yeah. Hmm, I want, maybe uh, maybe hmm. that's something. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. And Angel hasn't shown back up in the no, book. Not since they left Paris. Well, did they go home in that issue? No, I don't think so. I don't remember. I don't, if they did, that, yeah. That's, okay, maybe maybe we're gluing it together here. Yeah, because it would, one, I wondered if they broke up, that's why we haven't seen Angel in the book recently. Right, because the stories overlap a little bit. Right, and if she's trying to build these relationships because she realizes she lost. Possibly. A right. relationship, and so she's trying to discover how do you build. Okay, well, maybe I like this a little more now. Okay, and maybe we just pulled something completely out of our butts and it has nothing to do with it. Maybe we're doing the editor's job too much. Maybe. And they should just hire us. 
I'm okay with that. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about Wolverine's overall behavior. The part I really like is I like her saying, I'm Wolverine. I I have to do things that other people on the team can't do. I like that makes sense to me. That does fit Laura to me. Um, and that fits something that she would have in common with Logan. The part I didn't like was her kind of eating up being interviewed. You know, yeah. we talked about the press conference, whatever, that I didn't like. I didn't like... Her pulling out bullets and going, I have to do this right now because yeah. tomorrow it, it's just going to suck. And I feel like Laura would kind of shy away from the publicity. Like she would very much in the team be the person going out, taking the risk, maybe even the quote-unquote unnecessary risk, and she wouldn't want to talk about it. And I think not wanting to talk about it with, with Lauren would translate in her also even less wanting to talk about it with strangers. Yes, I agree. I found that showboating very... Not Laura. No. It it almost seemed like a different character altogether. Right. But, it, no, that didn't seem like her. And um, even her impetuousness didn't really seem like her because we've had instances of of her and Warren where she's like okay so this is what I'm gonna do like she explains to him and then what she needs him to do and instead there is no explanation she's like throw me through the window I got it thanks fly away well you know you know what would be interesting if if we see this kind of crossover to the the solo series is there could be something going on here that we that like I said we could address in the next arc in the solo series. You know, now she's done it. She regardless of what Blob says, she is now Wolverine. Right. You know? And we've come to really love her as Wolverine. I think eventually we'll kind of the weight of of being Wolverine like get too heavy for her. I think I think at some point that's a struggle she has to have as her character progresses. And so That's maybe maybe this is her, like I said, trying to earlier kind of alluded to, maybe she's trying to compensate for the fact that being being Wolverine maybe get maybe becoming a little overwhelming. Well, and I will say, um, but that only matters if it pays off across both books. Yes, but that you bring up an interesting point because they say. Um, you know, when you're a caregiver to someone who has cancer or um, to an, you know, like a parent or, or something to that nature, that you you put their needs so far above your own and you take care of them so much and you just keep taking on everything. Like you are the caregiver, you become the caregiver, which means anytime someone asks you to do something, you're like, sure, because that's what you're used to saying. You know, right. sure, I can do this. Sure, I can do that to the point where you actually, you know, there's a, I don't know the name of it, but there's a syndrome where when... It's almost like you start to disappear. Well, I was going to say when the person passes away, the caregiver actually goes into such a deep depression. They don't even know who they are. They don't even know what they like anymore because they've spent so much time taking care of someone else and being that other, you know, I'm going to be their cook and I'm going to be their chauffeur and I'm going to be this, that when it comes time to where they're not the caregiver anymore, they don't know who they are anymore. Right. Anyway, 
I don't know where so, I was going so with that. So how does that connect back to, to Wolverine? But I think that's she is trying in a way to be Logan, to replace Logan. Right. And because of that, she's just trying to take on every quality that she would think Logan would do. Well, and I think and even she's innocently, lost herself. right? I think even innocently, her teammates are kind of um, propagating they're, that. Right. She's like, oh man, it sure is good to have a Wolverine on the team. Well, I was going to say they're putting the pressure of her being Wolverine. Hey, right. you've got the healing factor. You go run in there and do that. Right. So you have kind of the the the, the tug of war. Like where Angel's like, quit doing everything. And Beast is like, high five. <laughs> right. And it, I, I can see where that peer pressure is going to be difficult for her. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, um, I don't want to spend too long on this. Well, Anything so else you wanted to say before we... I do want to know your thoughts on whether or not this is going to stick. No, I don't think it'll be permanent. Okay. Um, I think they will probably have... No, They will probably break up. Now, but I don't, I think they'll come back together. I don't know how long, but. Well, they better. Yeah, I, I would be interested in seeing them rebuild the bridge. I I have to say, out of all the little X-Men couples, this one's my favorite. I like it a lot. It's been, it's been a lot. Of, it's been very interesting. Um, partially just because uh, Laura's Wolverine is so cool. <laughs> just a great Wolverine. She is. Um, all right. Well, what do you think of the art in these two issues? Okay, so. I thought it was pretty good. I know Pregnant Denise has just bashed everything. <laughs> and I, so I'm sure some people are sitting on their edge of their seats just wondering what what one or two claw rating is she going to give it? But I actually really enjoyed it. I thought the art was great. I thought Laura was drawn really well. I love the color work. I love some the of the colors are really good in these issues. Well, Nolan and the Wonder did a great job. The what is it? The the only thing I'm not crazy about is the '90s really, really red blood, really goopy red yeah. blood. I'm not crazy about that. But I do like the I like film my noir mute. Yeah, I like the film noir, especially when Warren thinks that she's dead. Um, just the way the colors are. So I'm going to give both books a five out of six. Me too. All right. I think they were quite perfect. Like I said, there were a couple at like the press conference. And then Bagley's, I'm still not. I don't remember the clause being like this in the first three issues. No, but it's funny because even with all the... The issues that, yes, I agree, the interview and right. whatnot was but a little weird. I still really enjoyed the the issues. I, I really like kind of the, the new mission that this team has. Like just kind of going around the world trying to be good guys and be like, hey, mutants are heroes. Yeah. And it's not even like they're necessarily fighting like quote unquote X-Men fights. Right. You know, like there's no indication that the, the gangsters in Japan were mutants. Or that yep. half these people they fight are mutants. The hurricane certainly wasn't. Like, well, just and a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, and one of the I don't know who says it, but they're looking for poachers. And that's why they were looking for weather patterns because they're not just looking for bad guys or mutants. They're just trying to save people. Gotcha. Okay, right. now it makes sense. <laughs> cool. Well, so all new X Men number four and five will get five out of six claws from both of us. All right. All right, so real quick, and so Extraordinary X-Men number seven and Uncanny X-Men number three, uh, you can find my written reviews on the Intracomics uh, podcast website. 
Um, so I won't say a whole, whole lot about them. Um, Extraordinary X-Men number seven is written by Jeff Lemire with art by Victor Ibanez. Colors by J. David Ramos. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Like lasagna. And the cover is by Umberto Ramos and Edgar Delgado. And on the cover we have Nightcrawler um, scratching the dirt and crying. It's an okay cover. He's so sad. All right, so we continue our weird, weird world story with Sunfire and all that jazz. It doesn't really matter. Um, and then Gene and Storm go inside Nightcrawler's head to figure out why he's catatonic. Why he's catatonic. Um, Is it, didn't Gene promise to not go into people's heads? Well, yeah, but now they're trying to save Nightcrawler. So. Oh, so now it's okay. Yeah. So, first of all, Denise, if I were to say to you, so Nightcrawler was in Germany and he was helping some mutants and he was fighting some bad guys. Uh-huh. And he stumbled across basically an open mass grave of mutants. Okay. How do you think Nightcrawler would respond? I think he'd get on his knees and start praying. Maybe. Okay. How else? Um, I think he'd wonder how it happened, why it happened. How can he put these poor souls to rest? And then I think he'd try and find out who did it. Okay. Do you think like maybe a righteous wrath would be something he would do? Explain a righteous wrath. Like like he would say this is horrible, this is ungodly, um, this makes me really, really sad, and now I'm, I'm someone's going to pay. I think he would do... All of that, except for the now someone has to pay. I think he would. What I don't think Nightcrawler would do, the heart and soul of the X-Men, granted, an open grave of mutants is a terrible, terrible thing. Yes. But I I don't think our adventurous, gentle spirit would break and lose his mind overseeing that. I don't think he would shut down completely and crawl inside his own head. I think Nightcrawler is too much of the hero in his heart that he couldn't, no matter how bad it is, and it's not, FYI, not the worst thing he's seen. I mean, he's been to limbo and hell and all kinds of stuff. I think he I think he would be very sad. He would be very heartbroken. Yes. He'd be very angry. And he would very much righteously punish the bad guys. I just, I, Lemire's choice of this being what shut him down, I not only disagree with as, as a huge Nightcrawler fan, being my second favorite all-time X-Men, um, I find it a little bit offensive. Well, was there anything that led up to it? Like, this no, unlocked know. something, and so while... That no. reminded him of, you know, was he in a genocide camp and we don't know about it? Uh, in the future, maybe, but not at this point. I mean, it's a terrible thing. I will say also, Lemire, making this happen in Germany is a little much. Mm, yeah. Like, that's oh, yeah. Remember, Nazi they time. were Nazis. Once a Nazi, always a Nazi. Do they have numbers on them, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a little... I put it in a different country. And yeah. Fine. But I don't know. And so I really... I don't like this. I also don't like that in this book, 
not the beginning, but the last two or three issues at least, Old Man Logan is, I think I said in my review, and I'll say it again, Lemire's writing him is literally just a geriatric punchline. Like, he's literally just, you know the Danny, uh, yeah, the Danny Glover line from whatever action movie he was in, I get. Lethal Weapon. Was he Lethal Weapon or the other one? Yeah, yeah. Lethal Weapon. Um, he's like, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. Like, Old Man Logan has literally said that almost every issue. Are you serious? And it's killing me, and I hate it. And Iceman's like, dude, shut up. And I'm like, yes, Iceman is right. <laughs> Go, Bobby. And you know what? And I also talked about this in, the, in my review as well. You can get a thing where there's a solo book and a team book. And sometimes the characters don't quite mesh. People have different takes on them, whatever. Right. The problem is, Extraordinary X-Men and Old Man Logan are both written by the same person. Lemire is the writer for both books, and the characters don't even feel remotely like the same character. How much is on his plate? Like, does he even realize he's writing these uh, two books? Yeah, probably too much. He's writing a boatload of comics. I'm just wondering if he can't keep straight what he's done. <laughs> his uh, dry erase board uh, is not quite in order. No. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, as far as the art, uh, Ibanez was a little better this issue. I found it interesting that we get a lot of quote-unquote weird topsy-turvy art inside Nightcrawler's mind, but all the art in Weird World is very ordinary. Okay. So, anyway, um, I'm going to give Extraordinary X-Men number seven... I'm going to go one out of six claws. I kind of hated this comic. Wow. Are um, you pregnant? I, no, and I'm kind of getting very quickly over this series, which is weird because I'm kind of come back around on Descender, which is Lemire's image book, and I'm starting to really enjoy it again. I kind of enjoyed it at first, and it kind of dipped, and now it's back up, but this series is just tanking fast. It worries me. I wonder if his heart's not in it. I, I think it is, though. That's the problem. Oh. Maybe he's just not good at team books. I don't know. Oh, that's and of course, bad. The next issue is Apocalypse War. I don't know if that's going to be able to save this or just make it worse. But um, Worse. Yeah. So anyway, we also have uh, Sabretooth and Uncanny X-Men number three. I do like that cover. Yeah. So this is written by Colin Bunn, penciled by Greg Land, inks by Jay. Shh. Listen. Listen. Colors again by Nolan Woodard. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. The cover is by Landon Woodard. There's a black and white Magneto. Uh, for some reason, still has cable eye. I'm not sure what's going on there. This cover would be a lot cooler if both eyes were crazy eyes, like the left eye. And then he has, so it's all black and white, but his hands are covered in red blood. It's a pretty cool cover. It's awesome. Um, Really, a saber tooth barely in this, and... Basically, the X-Men are trying to protect the healers from the Dark Riders. They find Triage. They kind of trick him into coming with them after the Dark Riders attack his camp. He's like, I'm being an X-Man without being on a team. I'm helping mutants, like, heal them. And Magneto and Psylocke are like, fine, but we need to protect you. And the camp gets destroyed, so they take Triage back to Genosha. Um, There's also a cool scene where Monet talks to Zorn. That was pretty interesting. Um, so they get back to Genosha where we have a couple of panels of pushy, <coughs> a pussycat saber tooth. And then uh, Magneto kind of tricks Triage into going on a mission. 
And then uh, Phantom X is looking into uh, the Someday Corporation. And there you go. Uh, the art was fine. The story's solid. I mean, everything about this issue is just solid. Um, I'm going to give Uncanny X-Men number three, four out of six claws. Alrighty. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is X marks the spot. That was a filibuster of four books. <laughs> Wee! I hear it. I hear it. Wee! It's almost here. Is it crowning? Oh, gosh. No, not yet. It needs to stay in there just a little bit longer. Yes. Give us another week, baby. Yes. Please. Right. Minimum. We, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's wrap up. All right. Wrapping up. All right. So before we shut this episode down, I have shut a... Shut it down. I have a flashback. Oopsie. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I did not read ahead far enough in my Alpha Flight reading. And I left off an issue from our last flashback episode. So what should have been included in a Wolverine Year 14 Part 1 was Alpha Flight number 54. Just real quick, this is called Goblin. It's written by Bill Mantlo. Pencils by Hugh Haynes, which I don't have any idea who that is. Um, this is the first thing I've ever read by him. Uh, inks by Wallace Potatio. Letters by Janice Chang. Gregory Wright did the colors. Um, the cover is by Kevin Nolan and the art and the body proportions are very strange, um, which is even for Nolan, they're, they're strange, but I really, really like the colors. There's a lot of purple and pinks that look really good and really rich, um, which interestingly enough, this issue centers around the purple girl. So it's fitting that the, the cover matches, um, Basically, we have one panel of Wolverine and a recap from the last two issues where they fought Bedlam. And then um, Purple Girl convinces the team after the fight with the uh, Degenerates, or what, what are they called? I don't remember. Derangers. That they need to save Goblin, and Alpha Flight uh, concedes, and they do, and then Goblin almost kills everybody until she sees Purple Girl crying, and then they hug it out in the end. Um, and that's about as terrible as it sounds. <laughs> and this art by this Haynes guy is not good. It's, it's ugly in a lot of places. Um, so I'm going to give Alpha Flight number 54 uh, one out of six claws. <laughs> it's not good. Um, the best thing about it, about the whole issue, is the covers on the, I'm sorry, is the colors on the cover. Oh, I thought you were going to say is the end of the book. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this has been uh, everything you could ask for Wolverine um, for February of 2016. So since this... Did I... You know, a bit of news that I found out on Twitter. And did I talk about when we talked about this issue of All New Wolverine? Did I mention that David Lopez is about to leave the book? I don't remember you saying anything okay. to me about it. Okay. Well, anyway, um, he said something kind of obscure on Twitter. And I was like, are you leaving? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think issue six will be his last issue. He's going to finish this first arc. And then I don't, I have no idea who the new artist is going to be. So. Um, Interesting. Yeah. He did say he had an upcoming project he was not allowed to talk about yet. 
Ooh. So, I don't know if that'll be something at Marvel or if he'll be doing something creator-owned. But um, either way, I all the best luck to him. I know you've had some issues with some of his faces, but I think overall his art's really good. So be interesting to see what he does next um, and to see who takes his place. Um, but yeah, uh, any closing thoughts for February? So this is the close of February. Uh-huh. So should we give our readers sort of a heads up for March? I have no idea what March is going to bring. Um, I know it's going to bring us a new baby. Yes. And I don't know how far off course that'll knock my schedule. I've been trying to, and with with very uh, mixed success, trying to get a little bit ahead of the curve so I can have some episodes backlogged. Uh, but I'm almost caught up to that already, so we'll see. My goal as far as flashbacks is to at least get Fall of the Mutants recorded before the baby comes. Uh, we'll see if we can work that out or not. Um, and it also depends on... I think we'll still be able to do the current book, so we may just have to do more frequent current episodes okay. in the next couple of months. And they may be shorter. Um, and you may hear a crying in the background, besides mine. <laughs> You just have to bear with us. Yeah. I guess that's the, the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. Just bear with us and keep listening. Yeah, we'll do we're, the best we can to get you episodes when we can. and We're going to keep going. Just because yeah. we have a baby doesn't mean we're stopping. No, it's not, that baby won't break up the band. Nope. So. It's a part of it. Yeah, right. So anyway, um, Denise. Yes. What's your Twitter? What is my Twitter? Oh, oh my at D A S Venable underscore. Where? At D A S underscore Venable. Okay. Perfect. And the that Twitter, is my Twitter handle right now. I don't know. <laughs> I I'm think it is. I'm not up for you this time. Okay. I'm not bailing you out. Um, anyway, uh, as usual, uh, you can always leave an iTunes review. I dare you. Um, like the Facebook page. I dare you. <laughs> no, we actually had several new likes the last couple of weeks. Really? Yeah, it's been fun. So thank you to all of you that have liked the page recently. Um, if you like the page and you like the podcast, you should definitely get on Twitter. I'm much more active on Twitter, and that is at Snickcast. Um, I put lots of pictures up of the, of the stuff we talk about, especially with the flashback episodes because they're fun pictures. And then I also just do a lot of other comics that I'm reading that I don't talk about on this show. So if you want to catch some of that, Twitter's the place to do it. And he has great bantor. Bantor. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's that. Snickcast. Email is snickcast at yahoo.com. Show notes and stuff is at snickcast.podbean.com. And that's going to do it. So until next time, hugs, hugs and, and snicks. snicks. Bye. Bye. And snacked.